Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. bringing you plenty of state champions this year so you can learn from the things that help bring them to the top. We encourage them to share unique ideas like we did with David Moskowitz, the head football coach at James I. O'Neill High School, a New York state champion. Today he's going to talk about some of the different things they do to build player-coach relationships, competition, using a three-man staff, which I felt was really interesting to get the most out of practice. They don't have a lot of resources here, so only three coaches on their coaching staff, and then their unique three-back stack RPO package. So here's my sit-down at the New York State High School Football Coaches Association Clinic with Coach David Moskowitz. We're at the New York High School Football Coaches Association Football Clinic, and I'm sitting down with one of the state champions in New York, head football coach at James I. O'Neill High School, David Moskowitz. Coach, it's great to have you here on the podcast. Thank you. My pleasure. So, Coach, we're going to dig into uh, some of the things that help bring your team to the top and share some of those ideas here with your listeners. And I want to start with just big picture things like your culture. And when you look at this past year and what helped lead you guys to a state championship what changes did you make in your culture maybe things that you focused on the most this season that you feel helped your team win it all well Keith I think it's more of a three-year process I got the job two weeks before the start of the season in 2019 and, and I had been an eye coach forever and I tried to run my eye system with our kids and it just was not the greatest match so I realized I had to make some changes, and I did a lot of studying. We are the school that serves the West Point community, so I had tremendous access to all the staff at West Point, and they were really helpful to me. Coach West, who coached the sprint football team, Coach Drinkle, who's on the Army staff, who was a head coach, and they really helped me transition into this. So I, I think that was the biggest change was I changed and I adjusted to the kids rather than trying to have them fit into what I did. Right. And it's really been a three-year process for us. Yeah, yeah. When, when you look at overall, though, I know we're, we're going to talk a little bit about your X's and O's because you were drawing up some unique things here. And I don't know how much influence Coach Drinkall had on those things, but Drink's uh, been on a podcast quite a bit and love the way he thinks about the game. But, you know, looking at – what you've done to establish the culture, looking at that, you said it's a three-year process. What things really came 
to the forefront this particular year? You know, I, I think we had a lot of trust in our kids, and I think we showed that we had faith in them. They put in a lot of time. They put in a lot of time in our, in our weight room. They put in a lot of time in the classroom, in our classroom, as well as hands-on experience. It was a lot of uh, Zoom meetings that we had, mm -hmm. and they, they put in the time. And because they bought into it, we gave them leeway, um, and we really listened to what they had to say, both what was going on on the field and what was going on on the team. So I think we really you know, allowed our players a lot of say into the program. That's obviously important. You want your players to be taking ownership, right? So you have to give them say in the program. And you mentioned your offseason. I know that's important to everybody. When you look at, at the offseason, what were some of the best things you guys did to get these guys ready for a season physically and, and both on that, that leadership side as well? You know, I think kids love to compete. So we did about six or seven seven-on-sevens. Uh, we, we were a throwing team. We've been a throwing team. This year we were more balanced. But the seven-on-sevens, and kids just eat that up. I mean, they just they love to go out and compete. And, you know, we went against as, uh, you know, a high level of ca caliber competition as we can. And uh, I think that was one of our biggest things that we did. You know, the weight room, we made the weight room real competitive with them. We set goals for them, incentives if kids reach certain incentives. You know, we, our booster club would provide a prize for them, some mm -hmm. kind of garment, which kids love that sort of stuff. So what, what examples can you give me of, I guess, those incentives or those levels that you so set for them? So we would have a 1,000-pound club. You'd have to be 1,000 pounds combined in the squat, the clean, and the bench. If you reach that, we're going to get you a sweatshirt. Mm -hmm. If you reach a 1,200-pound club, we'll now get you a the sweatpants to go with it and so on and, and kids love that and they love to see their name go up on a board you mentioned the classroom as well and you, you said some zoom meetings the the pandemic obviously changed a lot of the ways we're doing things what have you guys done really to get the most out of, of classroom time and really I guess what changes have you seen that have helped in that regard well, I think one of the only good things that came out of the pandemic was the fact that we now had that ability to meet on the Zoom. I don't think anybody really utilized it before. No. And we didn't have to meet in person, but literally every Sunday night we would meet, and I, we would meet with different position groups, both offensively and defensively, and go into it. We watch a lot of tape together. So that really gave us that uh, initiative. And, again, it wouldn't have happened unless the kids really bought into it. And our kids pretty much showed up all the time. Uh, right now, I'm in the process with my next year's quarterbacks. We have been meeting three times a week, and we are breaking down a game film every time we meet to go through the process. And, you know, our kids just want to learn. Yeah. Is that still with Zoom? Uh, we still do it with Zoom. It makes it very convenient. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of times you do have those kids maybe who are in another sport, uh, have their time elsewhere. You know, yeah, in other places. We're, we're a small school. I mean, our kids all play three sports. So, and we have to be very respectful of the other coaches. Sure. Uh, and we don't ever want to force a kid to make a decision of which sport he wants to play. Right. So we utilize the Zoom really well. Yeah. When do you do those and how long do those last for? They're about 45 minutes. We never want to do a meeting any longer than 45 minutes. We think it becomes counterproductive. And it's got to be a really interactive meeting for them. They right. have to have a lot of say in it. We do them usually on a – I've been doing it on a Tuesday, Thursday, and usually we get the whole team involved on a Sunday night. 
Okay. You mentioned make, making sure that it's interactive because, you know, I think, you know, on the coach's side, I, I've seen it. It's not interactive to take what we do at clinics like these where we're sitting in a room and watching and then take it to the digital side and you're still sitting there and watching. So how do you guys make it interactive for them? We'll put up a screen and we will tell them, okay, tell, show me how you're going to block this. Show me your reads. And we're going to have them explain it to us after we have talked about it and talked about it on film. Yeah. And we'll look at a film, and I'm gonna have we'll have a kid like we'll, we'll do with our quarterback. We'll have a kid talk through and say, "What are you reading?" And you know he'll look at the film, and he's involved that way. Yeah. And they really can't just turn on the zoom and tune us out. Yeah. Are are they? Um, I guess able to take over the screen, or are they just going off of? They're just going off of my screen. Yeah. I, I'm not that technologically savvy <laughs> to do that. I, I'm sure there's a way it could be done. Right. Right thinking of of practices and going back on the year you know, is there anything in in the way you guys have evolved your practices that you feel is unique to you or maybe that you know, we really excelled at, at doing things this way in practice this year well one of the things I only have there's only three of us uh, I've seen staffs where there's five or six guys on the high school field there's only three of us so we have to be really planned out the one thing that we can't stand is downtime uh -huh. I've seen too many high school practices where you get Guys a lot of kids standing around while you're focusing on these other kids. So we've been real creative. So we uh, break up our periods. We have we always do special teams at the beginning of practice. Everybody talks about special teams, how it's a third of the game. But when you just do it, when you do it, it's not special. Uh, right. And I think that separated us a lot with our special teams. But we have gotten very creative. We do a pass rush period twice a week for the offensive line. I put all of my skill kids on defense. I put all the speed over there, and then I let my defense coordinator just do whatever he wants. He can make as many uh, twists, stunts, whatever he wants to do. I want our kids as stressed out at practice as they could possibly be. And I think we try to utilize our time as well as we can. We'll do an inside run period. But at the same time, we'll have a skeleton period. Like maybe I'm not, maybe I don't have a defensive back that can run against them, but they'll be running routes. Uh, I think the biggest thing is we just want kids involved for the two and a half hours we're on the field, not any standing around. Yeah. You know, when I, I go to practices, I love going to practices. I think you can pick up so much. But, you know, if I were to go to your practice, what are going to be some of those key phrases or those coaching cues that I'd hear again and again in? And why are your coaches saying those? I guess I'll try to keep it clean here. <laughs> you know, we're, we're always focusing. I think one of the biggest things we focus on is eyes. When we are on offense, I like to stand behind the defense to watch their eyes. I want to see where they're looking, you know, especially with our quarterbacks, our offensive linemen. So we'll always talk about eyes. I, I think another thing we're always going to talk about is feet. I mean, you're always going to hear us talking about feet, and one of the things that we see with a lot of them is their first step, and then they're a little lazy on their second step. So those are, I think, the two biggest things that we drill on, our eyes and feet, uh, you know, especially on defense. Uh, and we'll stand behind the offense when we're on defense just so we can see where these kids are looking. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Those are important things. In looking at team leadership, you mentioned, you know, building that leadership in the offseason 
What stuck out in your mind about this team, about their leadership, and what specifically did you guys do as, as a staff to help create that? We created a leadership council. We have four captains, but we appointed seven kids to a leadership council. It's not just our captains, and we appointed, we made sure that we appointed at least one underclassman. And that was going to be a bridge where those kids can come and talk to us about what the concerns of the team were, and we could get messages out through them. We're blessed. We have the West Point community. Uh, Two-thirds of my kids are the West Point, come from West Point, and they're just a different breed of kid. And as well as, you know, whatever the values are, you see these kids bond together really fast. A lot of these kids have moved, you know, every two or three years, and they just have this unity about them. They, they come together fast. They understand the concept of teamwork. So a, a lot of what we had to do with leadership is already built in with our kids. Yeah, yeah. Well, I do feel like i got to mention now we're on audio, so we'll have to uh, imagine our way through some of this. But you're your talk here and you drew this up for me before i love it your talk here was three back stack rpo and you know for our listeners so you know this is uh, a double wide formation so he's you know on the outside you got two split ends on the line of scrimmage you got a sniffer back and a b gap a back behind him and then a back on the other side and uh, I, I said, you know, wow, when you drew it up, I'm like, oh, almost looks like the old Notre Dame box. And you said, close. But you have the misdirection aspect of that in this package. Uh, inside zone, the ability to throw quick game on every down. You said, you know, this is something you guys did 14% of the time, and it led to uh, like 16 or 17 touchdowns over the course, course of the year. So first of all, where where'd the idea come from? It was just a lot of brainstorming. We knew we had to run the ball better. We had won our section the last two years, but every time we played a team that was more physical than us, we struggled. With the, we struggled stopping run and we struggled running the ball. We could score fast, but then somebody would keep the ball for 15 plays and take it and score, and that became really demoralizing. So we were motivated to run the ball better than we did. It was an adjustment to our talent. I'm, I don't know if this could have worked with out the two kids we had on the outside. Mm -hmm. Two kids we had on the outside were exceptional. And it was gonna be, how is the defense gonna to adjust to those two kids? One kid was a, he's a national ranked sprinter. He runs a 10 6 The other kid was New York State Player of the Year as a junior. And the first thing we looked at is, we're gonna read the safeties. Do we have one-on-one -on -one matchups with those kids on the outside? If we do, we're gonna throw right off the bat. It's our quick passing game. There were three choices they had on that. They could throw the hitch, they could throw the slant, or they could throw the fade. It all depended on corner leverage. And that's, that was nothing new for us to teach. That was nothing new for us to teach. And if we're going to pick up four or five yards on the hitch, I can live with it. And those kids we had on the outside were able to turn this into sure. something bigger every few plays. And that's our philosophy in our short game. We'll live with our short game. You know, we can go down the field, it's like a run play, and every once in a while we're going to break one. The other part of it, we run inside zone. So most of it is our inside zone concept. We have the quarterback's ability to pull the ball and keep the and pitch it. He never did that during the season, but he did have that ability. And we had the sniffer back giving a split zone look where we could freeze the linebackers. And any type of hesitation we got out of them made our inside zone a better play. Yeah, definitely. And then 
that's not all to it. You had a little bit of uh, play action off of this too. So it was RPO, right? For you, pre-snap RPO, but then you would build some play action too. We did. We also built in a post-snap RPO. We ran an outside zone. We left that backside linebacker alone. If he disappeared, then we filled that void right behind him with a spot pass. So we had that, and we did run a play action, which was off of power action. We did initially put in a quarterback power, but I didn't want to get the quarterback current by running him, so we just went with the play action pass. It's a great package. You and I talked. We'll, we'll try to get this up for coaches to take a look at here really quickly, and uh, when we do, we'll make sure to share the links to that. And Coach, last question. Just looking at this team, you know, on or off the field, what's the one thing you do as the head coach that you feel really gives your players, your program, a winning edge? Coaching is all about relationships. I mean, that, that's really what it's about. And I think we've built great relationships with, with these kids. We know a lot about them, about everything that goes on in their lives. They share it with us. And because we have that trust with them and those relationships, I think that makes a big difference. I heard one of the coaches today, the Connecticut coach today, spoke about, you know, I can't coach a kid until he trusts me, until he buys in completely. So I want to know as much about him as I can. And I think that's a great philosophy. Definitely. Well, Coach, what's a, a good way for our listeners to connect with you and learn any other aspect of your program? Okay, well, I guess it's a couple ways. Number one, we are on huddle. Uh, if anybody wants, it's James I. O'Neill High School. If anybody wants anything, I'm more than willing to share on huddle. My email is david, D-A-V-I-D, dot, Moskowitz, M-O-S-K-O-W-I-T-Z, at hffmcsd.org. And I, my phone number, my cell is 845-323-2898. Coach, I really appreciate you taking the time here. It was great to meet you. And certainly best of luck to you and the Raiders in 2023. Thank you, Keith. Thank you again for listening to the Coach and Coordinator Podcast. Be sure to check out Lauren's First and Goal Clinic, which is coming up March 9th, 10th, and 11th virtually. has over 120 coaches from the pro and college level. You can find all the speakers at lfgf2023.coachesclinic.com. This supports a great cause, which Lauren's First and Goal was set up to do. The proceeds from this clinic go to Cancer Services, which means that the foundation will provide finances for families who are need. Children have to travel to get cancer treatments, and this helps support those families. It also supports pediatric brain tumor research. So please bring your staff to this one. Again, that's lfgf2023.coachesclinic.com. Follow all we're doing on coachingcoordinator.com and follow me on Twitter at Coach K. Kibazi.